Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Today's show is awesome, but most importantly, uh, I want to give a shout out to my friends over at Pack Racing Springs. Pack Racing Springs has been a made in the USA company for over a hundred years. Um, tons and tons of drivers and tons and tons of off-road enthusiasts all over the nation and all over the world use Pack Racing Springs. They use their spring kits, they have their shocks tuned um, by Pack, and they also use valve spring kits in their engines and things like that. Uh, everything you can imagine, bump springs, you know, all this bells and whistles of the suspension company, Pack Racing Springs has it. Um, specifically today though, um, I want to talk about the kit that I run. I run their UTV full spring kit with sliders, tender springs, bottom springs, um, crossover rings, I run the standard uh, weight set on my Polaris 1000, and let me tell you, the increase in quality and handling on the ride has seriously been unparalleled, and not because they sponsor the show, but just because I'm, I want to be honest, um, I don't think I'll ever have another car without a suspension modification being you know, one of the top four things I do to the car. Um, I really, really have enjoyed working with PAC. They're great um, customer service-wise, and they're great people. Um, it's just been great overall. The products have been great. Powder coat on them is great. Quality is great. No sagging. I've had over 200 miles on the car since they've been there. Um, did a little test and tune just to make sure everybody was still sitting exactly where they need to. Uh, coils are perfect. Spacers are perfect. And I've got no rubbing on my threads as well on the coils so or on the uh, shocks themselves. So Pack Racing Springs, you guys can reach out to them at racingsprings.com. They'll give you guys a 10% off discount code ROR, unlimited uses off the entire website. You guys feel free to check them out. Again, they're incredible. We'll always do business with Pack Racing Springs. Um, another sponsor I want to talk about is Infinite Off-Road. Infinite Off-Road offers a 25-year, you break it, they fix it warranty. I should just stop the ad there because seriously, that's nuts, guys. I mean, uh, light bars, light pods, um, rock lights, whips, wheel rings, mirrors with lights in them, everything that you could ever want for your UTV, this is the one uh, the one place to go get it because, again, they gave us a 10% off discount code as well. Code ROCKS, R-O-C-K-S. We'll get you 10% off the entire website, unlimited use as well. And all of those infinite off-road products um, also include a 25-year, you break it, they fix it warranty. Um, they also have like miscellaneous hard parts on their website as well. Um, that's actually where I go to get my tires, just because I really uh, like the brand of tires they have access to. But they have a ton of suspension components and uh, cages and odds and ends, and things like that. Um, InfiniteOffRoad.com, code ROCKS. Uh, the last but not least, All Things UTV is a sponsor of the show, and pretty much I always end it like this, is just that everything that the two companies before can't give you, All Things UTV is the place to get it. Um, whether that's axles, drivetrain, blow-off valves, you know, performance, tunes, you know, basically everything else, seats. Uh, skid plates, everything you could ever want. All Things UTV has it. Um, again, I'll say it every single episode. Uh, I won't deal with people that don't have good customer service. And Dustin Robbins and his team have upstanding and outstanding quality of people and customer service. Uh, again, rivaled by the other two companies. They're the best in the business. Um, really can't say enough positive things about them and their support of the show. Today's episode... I have Joey Beck on. 
Um, this is the man behind Pro Rock, and I, I hope you guys can hear it in the conversation, but man, we had a really good time talking today, and um, I personally got really excited talking about the future of Pro Rock and just all the thought that goes into it when he's you know building endurance courses and he's picking out hills. Um, he really has the spectator and the racer in mind and, and does a really good job of uh, making sure that both of those are t people are taken care of. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Joey. Get a drink and gather around. Let's talk drivers. Let's talk rigs. Let's talk skill. You've got the best of the best in the off-road racing world. Have a seat at the table with us and let's talk about racing on the rocks. Joey, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you? Man, I am great. Uh, I hope you know. You know, I tell this to everyone. It seems like that I interview, but uh, I only interview people that uh, are requested. And all the series guys have been requested, especially yourself. So I'm really excited today, and we're 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 chit chatting before the big Winrock race tomorrow. Um, how are you feeling? Man, I'm feeling great. I'm glad I'm finally getting requested. I've paid a lot of people to put those requests. <laughs> really glad um, they got to the right place. I was kind of felt like I was wasting some money, but I'm glad to see it pull through. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. You guys, uh, you guys have quite the quite the following, and uh, especially my drivers. My drivers were the most excited to hear from you. So, um, you know, it's always good when you got the people who, uh, you know, to keep the business in the house, basically. Well, I tell you, you know, these drivers out here. They live and bleed for this stuff, and I and I tell you, man, these guys, you know, if you if you listen to this and you don't know a lot of these drivers firsthand, I encourage you to message them, meet them, to go out to these races, especially, and spend some time with them. The passion these guys have and what they do behind the scenes to get to each race, and weekend after weekend, and after working these big jobs and long hours to provide for their families and to do this stuff and they run multiple businesses it's just the backstories are amazing what these guys go through and you know really they really put a different mindset when you watch these guys work so hard for it yeah absolutely and that's you know you just nailed why i wanted to do the podcast because it gives the you know it gives the everyday person a chance to you know see a driver whether it's in a, in person or you know on instagram or youtube and uh, they can come on here and basically they can learn a little bit more about who they are um, what they do to make the magic happen and then you know like we all have a favorite driver we all have a favorite group of drivers and you know if they're if their rigs hold up after every race man it's a great time to endorse parts too because um, you know, that's always up for debate, no matter what you're on. Oh, that's right. You got that right. <laughs> but but uh, we'll just start with you because you know uh, you're you're the man behind the the show. You are the man that runs everything, and um, especially this year, uh, last year, the past couple years, um, Pro Rock has really, really made its name known and really come to be uh, you know a front runner in this this series that everyone has taken part in. Um, but I want to know more about you. So what do you do outside of racing? Let's start there. Well, you know, um, that part of my life has really changed in the past few years. Um, you know, before, five years ago, probably all I did was spent all my time at work, mm -hmm. racing, or off-roading somewhere. And that mm -hmm. was pretty much anything I did was one of those three things. But uh, 
Uh, about four and a half years ago, I had my first child. Uh, yeah. I had a little girl named Zoella, and then uh, a year and a half ago, I had another daughter named Scarlett. And I'll tell you that uh, that really changed me, uh, slowed me down. <laughs> I don't get around and get out as much nearly as I as I used to, or yeah. I, maybe even I would like to from time to time. But I pretty much spend all my time focused around family and. You know, whatever those little girls want to do, that's pretty much where I spend my time. <laughs> well, man, that's uh, that's heartwarming. It really is because, you know, that's not always the case. So when you hear somebody that, uh, you know, is getting work done and making things happen but also has a family in mind, that's uh, that you can't beat that and you can't ask for any more from somebody. Um, so that's yeah. very, very commendable. But, there's, uh, not a, there's not a whole lot of time left between work <laughs> and then running the race program and, and, and family. Uh, you know, even at times, I probably neglect one of those pretty much at any point trying to take care of the other. So it's a balance. Yeah, absolutely. And, and trust me, I, I, not to the degree that you feel it, but I feel it just with the weight of the podcast, the work and the family. Um, life gets busy. So when I see you orchestrating these big events, it's, uh, you know, again, just tip, tip of the hat for sure. Um, but what do you do for work? How do you how do you make this magic happen? You know, for many years, um, I worked in the territory sales management with a couple of different uh, Fortune 500 companies, such mm-hmm. as Coca Cola, Frito Lay, and uh, I recently worked for Marlboro um, in Copenhagen Skull. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just got out of that industry, switched gears a little bit, and I started uh, my own thing, doing construction. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a passion I had, flipping houses and stuff, turned into more of a full time gig, and uh, you know, we've been doing that the past uh, six or seven months, and my business has exploded there to the point where I can barely keep up, and yeah. uh, that's pretty much where I'm running right now, just trying to keep up. Yeah, man. Well, that's awesome, man. The Lord is the Lord's good, and I, it seems like everybody I talk to, man, they uh, they've got the they've got their own business, they're running the show, which is even more weight on everything, and it, it just is this incredible, you know, circus act that everybody's seeming to balance. So, um, again, hats off to you, man. I I, I love it, and uh, as a small business owner myself too, and have another job, uh, you know, so much it just adds even more to that plate you got to take care of. I agree. I agree. We've been very blessed. So tell me, you know, you said you're into the off-road world. What did what did off-roading look like? What did you do before you had Pro Rock? What 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 was like a typical? Did you just go out and trail ride? Do you have a buggy? What did you have? Tell me a little bit about that. Well, pretty much ever since a young age, um, I pretty much. Uh, I started riding pretty much from birth. My dad was a big ATV enthusiast. My whole family, uh, we had five Kawasaki Bayou 300 ATVs very growing nice. up. You know, we each had our own four-wheeler ever since a very young age. And we went, we rode every single chance we had all the time. And uh, that's pretty much was life for me all through elementary, middle school, high school. And when I got older, I started getting into a little bit of more racing four-wheelers and doing some track stuff. And mm-hmm. then, of course, that transitioned into the whole mud phase. And I guess I was one of your good old mud crickets there for a while. <laughs> everybody, <laughs> gets, everybody gets it at some point. And then uh, then it, it went back to my roots where I always liked to be. You know, on four-wheelers, pretty much all I wanted to do was climb hills, which was super dangerous. Mm-hmm. Probably not your not your best career move if you want to try to climb hills on a four-wheeler. You're going to get hurt eventually. But <laughs> then these razor things come out. The Polaris razor come out, and I was just engulfed. Yeah. You know, I was hardcore. I got to get me one of those. And once I got my first one in 2010, I believe, that was all she rode. I've had pretty much every model since, and pretty much Polaris Razor's been life for me. And, yeah. uh, 
it's been great. That's the story of a lot of us for sure, especially that that first time you get in a razor and you understand what it can do and you understand, you know, like I jumped in in the 900s and uh, man, I just I, I built full size Jeeps for a while and as soon as I got in one, it was a I, I just I sold my Jeep, bought a truck, bought a trailer, bought a razor. And uh, the day after I bought it, I flipped my razor on its side, and it was just all over from there. So it was just a good time. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, I've had mud trucks, I've had jeeps, I've had you know lightly built buggies. I never had a never had a full blown rock mounter. It's mm -hmm. still on the the bucket list, but uh, but yeah, I mean, just nothing compares to the fun that I have dollar for dollar, pound for pound in a, in a UTV. Yeah, um, for sure. The Polaris Razors and stuff. You just can't beat them. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, with that background, I, I'm going to I'm gonna slide in one question here. Is if uh, if you were going to have a rock bouncer built today, who's going to build it for you? Um, if I was going to have a rock bouncer built today, I would probably let Jonathan Shepard build that rock bouncer. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Skinny pedal fab. Yeah, he's um, turning out some good machines. I just really love the the artistic touch he puts into it, and mm -hmm. I've never seen any of his, his machines that didn't work. I mean, his machine, first time out the gate, against some of the best of the best, was number one on the podium, and that's a, that's a showing if you've ever seen one yeah. straight out the gate. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, is that, so, I mean, that that was a pretty recent, uh, a recent race that that happened at, correctly? That was in Rush this year okay. in April. Okay. Um, he he come out and uh, when I tell you he finished the buggy, I mean he just finished the buggy. It was like Joey, I don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> this thing, I've not even tested it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty much. I drove it for a couple minutes and we're gonna see what happens on this hill. And man, he come out, laid it down, and I've been impressed with it ever since. It's worked well. It's held up well, and it's just a beautiful buggy. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there building beautiful buggies, and I'm not taking anything away from those guys. Right. I think Jake Berkey builds some beautiful machines, and you've got Reject Fab and a lot of those guys. And, you know, some guys that you, you don't see building buggies but as far as rock bouncers, but you see them building trail rigs, like yep. essentially off-road some of them. Mm -hmm. They're absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, absolutely. Especially uh, wide open design is the one that comes to mind when you say just good old-fashioned trail buggies. But, man, they, they pump out some high-end machines, that's for sure. I don't think I don't. I don't know that I'll ever be able to afford me a wide open design buggy, but I can tell you, if I hit the lottery, I'd order two of them. Yeah, man, I think you're with the 99.9% .9 of the world here, <laughs> so yeah, don't, those, don't those feel bad. Those things right there, they are, uh, they are above my pay grade nice, and, he, and Adam and his team are just absolutely amazing, and there's a reason why they're one of the best in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's just kind of get into it. Um, where did Pro Rock start for you? How did, how did, that, how did that come to fruition? So pretty much for me, um, I grew up in a small town uh, where Jeremy Forsyth lived. Uh, a lot of people will know who Jeremy is just by mm -hmm. association with Off Road World. He's the original founder of Southern Rock Racing, and yeah. him and Clyde Bynum uh, worked together to form that, and they built that thing up. And I was just kind of in the back of the scenes, me and Trip just hanging out, and goofing off and racing and having fun with that, and. Just, just me coming out and being friends with Jeremy, I just slowly got a bigger piece of helping and helping. And, you know, over time, as, as things happened and people decided to separate and, and go on different ventures, I partnered up with Jeremy. And through that, we moved into mega truck racing. And mm -hmm. we still had an urge and a, and a feeling that there was something there with rock racing that we wanted to do slightly different than what he had established with Southern Rock Racing. And mm -hmm. That's just kind of where it came from. We put a a little larger focus on the UTV part of it, yeah. and uh, 
bam, next thing you know, you got Pro Rock and Pro UTV, and it, uh, it just really started popping from there. So is Pro Rock the full size, and, and obviously Pro UTV is the UTV side, but is Pro Rock exclusively the full size? Uh, I guess if you had to classify it that way, it is. I will okay. tell you, you know, for branding reason, reasons, it's just simpler that we just are associating everything with Pro Rock now. Right. It's just so hard to right. co-market two brands. Uh, Man, the, you know, the, the, the social media. The Pro Rock. Yeah, <laughs> social media, like, I... Y'all, the biggest the biggest obstacle in this entire podcast I've done, and I've heard it from driver after driver, is social media is such a pain in the ass, man. It is just not a good time, and it's so consuming. It's crazy. So I, I definitely understand putting it all under one flag for sure. So, uh, you there? Hey, Joey. I think I may have lost Joey. All right. I can hear you. I can hear you. I'm good, sorry about good. that. Good. No, you're okay. Hey, you're standing in the middle of the field out in Windrock. I don't ever have, well, as, as far as my family and friends know, I don't have service at Windrock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I understand. Um, I did hear your question about social media, and what I was saying is it definitely takes a village. We have several people making a team effort to mm -hmm. keep up with it, to keep messages, to keep feeding posts. To make sure that our marketing partners are getting the posts that we promised, yeah, and uh, spreading everything that we can, and keeping info about the next event. It's uh, it, it used to be something I could manage alone, mm -hmm. but it's just not anymore. And, and uh, the way Facebook algorithms have changed, it makes it really tough. Man, it's ridiculous. And uh, if it, you know, I always I always toss it to everybody out there because I don't I don't want to take credit for it, but I don't want to give secrets away either. But um, the David Uptain podcast uh, that we did. He talks a lot about how you know how to keep yourself relevant on the Facebook, and how the algorithm changes. And you know, basically, he gave us the lowdown on how to kind of what was coming as far as how how Facebook was going to put your post in front of certain things and things like that. So, if you haven't listened to that episode, the David Uptain was a pretty good one um, for those listening right now. Because um, yeah, I definitely media, think so. that David's was a very informative post and really would get your mind thinking about what the future of this whole social marketing thing was and David yeah. was ahead of his time with starting Razor Life and he's been very successful with it mm -hmm. and uh, he's partnered with the major companies and he's been able to really really live through those relationships and uh, I think anybody who's partnered with him can tell you he's, he's very helpful and uh, it's a smart business move. If you're not partnering with Razor Life I urge you to partner with him immediately <clears throat> he's got some stuff coming that's going to blow some minds Yeah man, he uh, he is a very smart guy too. I was blown away um, I had an hour conversation with him after we hung up the the podcast, and we just talked about you know a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and uh, so he's very very well thought out and where he's uh, where his business is heading. So um, hats off to him as well. Um, so you guys are getting Pro Rock started. You know you kind of just go a little bit of a different route. You have a little bit more of a focus on the UTV side. Um, one thing that I talk to about you know with all my drivers is. is um, let me phrase it this way. I don't ever single out one uh, one series or anything like that. The podcast is all neutral. Um, but I've noticed that, you know, all my drivers will tell me, and it really seems like the pro rock, um, the pro rock racing in terms of the full-size rigs, um, the, the hills you guys are climbing, they're way more of the, you know, in my opinion, old-school bounty hills where you're going to go get a much more intimidating, uh, harder hill to hit. And it really is, you know, who's going to make it to the top. 
And I, as a fan, that's way more, you know, interesting for me to go watch rather than something I know everybody's going to finish. You know, it's just a matter of who's going to finish first, you know? Well, I can't agree with you more, and I'm standing here at the base of a hill that's probably 575 <laughs> feet tall, Woo! and I didn't think it was big and bad enough, so we took an excavator up there and dug a 10-foot wall at the top just to see if we can get anybody to climb it. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> and, man. Uh, we, we do, I will say this, you know, to the other series that are out there, such as Southern Rock Racing and Outlaw, mm -hmm. everybody, everybody does things slightly different. They do. And everybody picks hills different. And I'll tell you, picking hills is a hard task. Yeah, absolutely. What you want out of that hill, you can't predict all the time. But I can tell you this, I want to see what you see. I want to see them fight for it, and if they get it, I want to clap. And if yeah. they don't get it and they fight hard and flip over, I'm going to clap a little harder. Yeah, absolutely, man. Because I mean, you I don't know, want anybody to ever tear their stuff up intentionally. Yeah. I don't ever want anybody to ever get hurt for any mm -hmm. reason. But I tell you, when they just go up it like a highway, I, there's a part inside of me that just feels like, man, I should have made them do this, I should have made them do that. So we try to keep them on the toes because I can tell you, those racers, they don't want it easy. These guys are the real deal. Yeah. They want it hard. They don't want somebody to come in there and cakewalk it. They want to fight hard, and they all are. In their minds, which is the way they should be, they all think that they're better than anybody out there, and they mm -hmm. want to prove it. So they want the best obstacle, and they want to give it everything they got and hope that somebody else can't do what they can do. I, I couldn't, like, again, I couldn't agree with you more because, again, from the from the fan perspective, you know, if I go and you know, four out of the ten people that climb or you know go are up to race climb it, I mean, that's a huge hats off, and and nine times out of ten. You don't, you know, you may remember the guy that made it up the first time, but the ones you remember most of the time are the guys that didn't make it up that put on a show or really fought their heart out, you know? I mean, it's exactly what you said with you're going to clap a little bit harder for those guys. Yeah, I'm always going to be proud of anybody who can conquer it, but the guy who goes out there like the West Kings, <clears throat> mm -hmm. they go out there and they'll just beat that thing He's down. He's a wild man. And even if they can't climb it, they may go up and spin around that thing, flip it back on its tires twice and hit it again and never yeah. quit. Man, those are the real heroes, in my opinion. A lot of days, those are the ones that make the show. Now, don't get me wrong. The talented drivers out there who win consistently, mm -hmm. the time and effort that they put into what they do mm -hmm. is extraordinary. Yeah. And nothing should be taken away from them. It, it but is. I tell you, everybody likes to see a little bit different each time we come. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, you're exactly right. Nothing to take away from the guys who make the hills look easy because... You know they're the ones putting in the work to make it easy and and to make it to make it look so easy and to make it look so smooth, and that's why I love coming to races because you know before as you're doing right now, you know you're sitting at the bottom of that hill as a spectator and you're like, there's no way, there's just no <laughs> way, and then that first person gets up there and maybe they don't make it, maybe they do, but that first person to get up there and just just get up, I mean it's it's a it's like watching a, the Super Bowl and, and it's tied and your team that you wanted scores a touchdown and one second left. It's just crazy. It's exciting. And, and it's just great because you get to see that every single time that somebody gets it up there, you know? Yeah, man. When you got that tough hill, anything can happen at any moment. You can't take your eyes off that hill because you don't know if that guy's going to make it, if that guy's mm -hmm. going to break it, or if he's coming back down to your feet. You yeah. don't know. Yeah. Um, That's so, the thrill ride for me. So that being said, um, you know I, I think a lot of a lot of our listeners are UTV guys, and, and I, I, we're going to spend a good amount of time talking about that. But um, as far as bouncers go, um, you know, 
what what is your let me think about this how am i going to say this um do you ever think that that the bouncers will combine to that kind of like longer distance races that we'll see now um let me refine that question. So Outlaw is doing, you know, they've done the the side by side races, and and uh, Rock Racing Series has a little bit longer races. Um, do you ever do you, do you think that you guys are going to incorporate that long race system uh, into you know Pro Rock Series? Because it seems like you, the hills you guys have are again the more bounty style, more like a, a drag race type setup where you know it's zero to a hundred, you're going to make it or you're not. You know. Um play around a lot with with trying new things mm -hmm. we've we've you know we kind of we coined some stuff out there you know knockout was a big deal when we did that hey we're, we're going to talk about that in a second because that's one of the best things stuff. ever done and then uh you know we started the uh go up the hill come down the hill go back up which yep. i've seen some others pick up mm -hmm. and, you know that that's fun and that's different and i think that's great it puts a driving element into it that maybe we didn't have before mm -hmm. Uh, the problem with the longer stuff is it's just so hard to spectate, and it's very rare that you find a spot that you can spectate something that's much more than 30 seconds to 60 seconds and get a good show mm -hmm. and a good a good view from where you are. And it's just it's a very tough thing to accommodate, and there's very few places that I've been able to create that. Um, I think some of the longest courses we've had is at Rush Off Road, and yeah. I'll just give you a teaser we're going to have the longest course you've ever seen in rock bouncing at rush off road for race to riches Ooh, um, oh, it's going to be it's going to be something unlike you've ever seen yeah and uh it's going to have jumps it's going to have rocks and it's going to have some of the steepest nastiest hills you've ever seen and everybody who enters that race that gets the invitation from rcv performance that we're about to send that on the next week uh -huh. they they're going to be they better just cock the hammer because we're coming with all of it. I love it. I love it. And I think that that's great. And again, I think that, you know, everyone right now is, is reaching out and trying new things. But um, I definitely think that you guys are the forefront of, um, you know, pushing this as an entertainment sport, not only for the spectators, um, but for drivers as well, kind of mixing up what a driver can expect from uh, the race course. But course. Um, the reason I asked that question, and, and you nailed it, I'm so glad you answered how you did, because... Um, I've been to races before where, you know, I'm a spectator and I go and race and, 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 and watch them and they're in the woods for 75% of the track. And um, it's tough. It is. It's really tough as a spectator to convince myself, you know, I need to drive three hours to go see, you know, uh, a quarter mile of this mile track that they're running. Um, so it makes me, it, it, as a fan... I feel like you, you, you know, you know how like uh, you want your customer to feel like you care about them. I feel like you care about the fan when you're designing courses that are built to be watched. Like, uh, you know, Dirty Turtles is one I think of when y'all did the Bounty series there. You know, it's easy. You had it like a, a straight shot. You could see everything. Um, I went back and watched the uh, the videos on it. The videos are really clear because, you know, basically you can see the start line from the finish line and vice versa. I think that that's just absolutely the best way to run a spectator-driven event, for sure. Well, you know, and with our brand of survival racing, which is endurance racing, we call it survival. We try to we try to be a be our own thing. We built a brand that's uh, that unfortunately we've been able to carry out. I hear people calling endurance racing survival for other leagues, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Just after two years, we've we've built a name for that, and uh, you know, we we have that where you know we run those races, and it's 
more for the racers. You can see a little bit of it. We mm-hmm. try to make as much of it visible as possible. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's that's not what we build our spectating part of the show around. We we have that racing yeah. early, mm-hmm. and then we focus on the highly spectatable stuff as the actual finale for the day. Yep. And uh, we've made a living off of it the past two years. Just quite frankly, it's yeah. uh it's really been prosperous for us as far as the growth of survival. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have over 72 entrants in survival this weekend, and then we still have 50 hill climbers. Man, I saw the list uh, you posted, I think it was today, and I was just yes, blown away at the amount of people because, um, and again, we're going to get into it, but I'm looking to do a, uh, a an endurance race probably next calendar year, and I'm looking at you know who's who's going in the pro am class and who who all's where and how many people are in what class because you know I want to be competitive, and I was like, man, you got you know it looked like 20 people <laughs> in the pro am class, and I'm just like, man, it's going to be a busy day out there for me. I'm not going to get. Let me tell you something. That pro am class uh-huh. is packed with kids that I would not want to race against. There it is. Those kids are. 10, 12, 14 years old, and I'm telling you, they're as fast as the as the 35 year old in his prime. Got the $200,000 race program. It's crazy. That's wild, man. And that's that's just one of those things. It's like you know, you think you might catch an easy race or an easy entry. It's just not going to happen. It's it's. But what I credit that to though is that you know, so gr- growing up in the southeast, I've been been in the off road community for many years now. Um, we just haven't had something like this that worked. I know that there's there's other short, I got air quotes, short course and short track racing uh, that's been in the southeast and maybe even like the mid 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 America area. But you know, having the endurance series not only that that works, but like people are getting in with it. Man, the momentum you guys have is just it's not going to stop. I personally, I think that you and Pro Rock are changing the dynamics of the Southeast racing forever. I don't ever think it'll be the same. And, you know, spoiler if you haven't been listening to shows, but, like, I think that this is the future of off-road racing in the Southeast. I think that uh, eventually Bounty Hills will take a backseat to endurance racing. I think that places like Dirty Turtle are going to be the future, where you can spectate the race course and, you know, half of it's in the woods, half of it's on a track, and... I think that off-road parks should start investing money into that because that's the future, in my opinion. Well, I tell you, I think you're I think you're exactly right with that. Uh, we'll always do bouncing. Mm-hmm. We're always going to do UTV hill climbing. Uh, we're never going to back up down on those guys. Yep. They're always going to. That's the They're roots. always going to have good payouts, and they're always going to have a good show, and they're mm-hmm. always going to have a special place. And I can't deny the growth of what we're doing with survival racing, and I can't slow it down, and I don't want to slow it down. You shouldn't. Um, you know, we want this thing to keep growing and evolving, and yeah, we feel good about our position right now. Um, I feel like we are possibly the market leader here in the southeast yep. uh, for just two years in the game, and I feel like uh, I feel like another year or two now that we're giving a run for even bigger companies that are nationwide, and uh, I don't know. You know, you might see us. You might see us in some other places. A lot of people don't know this, but we actually have some races in uh, in Italy. We have a pro UTV uh, Italy company uh, partnered with some guys over there, and they ran a few races. And uh, you know, for for just lack of time, I haven't been over there and yeah. been able to to help support that. But we've got we've got some stuff going on worldwide. Um, that's uh, that's a big possibility in the future, and and it's really amazing to see it just evolve like that, and people to pick it up and run with it. And, these companies that are supporting it and coming out of the woodwork, they're, they're the lifeblood of that. You know, we can't do it without support. 
Yeah, and and let me tell you, like that's that's huge news. I had no idea that that was even a thing, and um, I think that you'll start to see it nationally because obviously Ultra Four is out there, and it's in my opinion, again, my humble opinion here, it's taken a long time for Ultra Four to make its way to the East Coast, and we're finally starting to see that uh, kind of come over. But it's still different than Pro Rock, not exactly the same, and to me, you know, again, as someone who's I consider myself very amateur. I haven't been even in side-by-sides, but, you know, four or five years maybe. Um, I would much rather race a pro rock race. It seems less intimidating, more inviting. I'm, I feel like I'm going to be more competitive. I feel like I'm going to have a way better time um, because everyone I've talked to that does Ultra 4, it seems more business. And when I go to pro rock, there's guys that are business. But every single person, whether it's amateur, whether they went out there, I just wanted to go have fun, whatever their answer is or reason for doing it, they come out there and said, that's the most fun I've ever had. And that right there, again, I'm going to be at a pro rock race sometime next year, for sure. Well, we, we hope to see you out here. And I'll tell you, that, that feedback that you give me um, is exactly when we put the plan together on how this survival racing would look. Um, we put a plan together for it to be those things. One, I wanted it to be easy to understand how to start racing. Mm-hmm. Two, I wanted it to feel like you wasn't intimidated or that there were stupid questions or you were left in an outcast crowd. I wanted everybody to be included. If you choose to be included, I want you to feel included. Yeah. And then on the third part of that is I didn't want it to break the bank, and I wanted you to be rewarded if you did win. I don't want you to pay a $500 entry fee and get $100 for third place. <laughs> yeah. If you pay a $500 entry fee, you're going to get at least that or more for a fifth place or something. Or a yeah. third place, you know, you're going to get your money back. We wanted to make it make sense. Yeah, to absolutely. Put that effort in, to put your machine on the line, to put your body through that, and to, to put your effort into into all of this and uh so we looked at what was out there, and we pretty much said, okay, if, if that's what they're paying, we're going to triple it. If that's what their interest fee is, we're going to cut it in half. And if that's how they make people feel, we're going to do the opposite. Man. And we, we just went out there and went out and saw other series, and uh, we just built our thing around that. And, uh, you know, we pulled things from the leaders of some of those things. And, you know, Dave Cole, for instance, like you said, is all yeah. business. You're right. Dave Cole is a businessman, and he means business, and he's respected for that. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, he, he's, the, he's the real deal. He's been super successful, holds the toughest race in the world, and uh, there's a reason for that. He, he's the real deal, man. I mean, he don't play no games. He gets it done, and his team is uh, top-notch, super professional. Yeah. I mean, I don't ever get intimidated, but I tell you, I... I make sure that I'm on on point when I go to Race King of Hammers every year. I I covered media for the race at Adventure Off-Road Park, and I knew he was out there somewhere. And I I just thought to myself, you know, I'm a guy out here running around with a recorder, and he's going to ask me, look at me, who are you? And I'm going to have to tell him I'm just a guy starting a podcast. And I was like, just don't let that moment happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, you know, I tell you a funny story about Dave if we've got time. Yeah, absolutely, you know, all the time. Uh, I've known Dave for a few years. Um, he really didn't get to know me well until after I got going a little bit and our path crossed. And he's been very positive about it. And uh, I think what I do has helped him in a way for his East Coast numbers. I think it's elevated him, and of course, him being the the leader on that forefront has helped me to be able to even start something yeah, because absolutely. he already had racers interested in it. So, you know, I feel like uh, I feel like he was able to 
to pave a way for, for people like me to get started in this thing, and I hope he feels the same way about me as far as our relationship there. But there was a time I raced King of the Hammers, and uh, I was stranded for many, many hours. And uh, we've been calling in for help for a long time. It was getting close to the end of the race. Uh, we'd already timed out. Me and Alan Clark were stranded, and I think we'd been out there for nearly 12 hours and no food and water. Oh, my gosh. And uh, we were on the very back side it's in a gorge where you couldn't see us unless you just knew where we were there was only one or two racers that come through we were just too stubborn to turn back and we kept going we got stranded out there and long story short we didn't find anybody even from our own camp to get us and uh we heard something on the radio and it was dave cole and i knew his voice i said man it's dave cole and i was like man we, are we really about to ask dave cole to come get us <laughs> and, and i got on the radio and i said dave i said i I'm out here. I didn't tell him who I was. It didn't matter who I was to Dave. I said, man, I'm out here. I'm stuck. We got no food, no water. We've done went through it all. It's 12 hours. We were really hot and sweaty, and now yeah. we're freezing cold. And when I have you know, at about midnight, the you know, on a Wednesday night during the race week, that man jumped in his Bronco, and he come out there, and he worked with us for two, three hours to get us out of there by himself. Man. And you talking about... The guy running King of the Hammers taking the time to come out there and get us yeah. really really set the tone for me on what should be expected. So I kind of put that in my pocket. And I make sure if we got guys that are out here trapped, I'll never leave them behind because I know what it was like to be that guy. Mm-hmm. And I know what it meant for him to come out there and get me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, man, um, again, I have, you know, exactly what you said. You know, someone that's so business oriented and, and so focused, you have to respect it because obviously – um, you know, he has founded Ultra Four, which is a huge race, race series, race league, the entire nine yards. It's super competitive. Um, but, uh, you know, I want to loop back around and just say that, you know, you guys have nailed, you know, what your goal was. And for those who are listening, um, Joey and I didn't talk before this. We didn't, we don't have a script. We're not running through anything. Um, those are just my real thoughts that I feel about it after talking to the racers and being in the off-road community for a little while. I mean, that's just how it is and that's how I feel about it. Um, so and I sure appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the feedback that uh, keeps us forward. Yeah, absolutely, man. And uh, you know, I mean, so where we'll go where we'll go next here is uh, we'll just talk about if I wanted to come uh, do an endurance race. Um, will you tell me about the classes and the restrictions on the vehicle that I need to have and what I need to have done? And you don't have to go in depth or anything. You can just give me the you know the the, the quick and short on it. So basically the things that we're looking for the most, and whether it's our unlimited class, which is your bigger style cars, anything bigger than a UTV of any tire size, any engine size, whether it be UTV or even our stock class, which is bare bones, you can bring a Jeep Cherokee with a roll cage and bust the glass out of <laughs> We're really what we're stipulating and we're really adamant about, and you will not get on the course with, is safety regulations. Right. We're not over here. We're not controlling tire size. We're not, we're not doing much of, except for like a UTV, we're not going to let you put full size truck parts in it. But outside of that, it's pretty much wide open. We're worried about you as the racer. We're pretty much making sure that you're in a DOT or Snell approved helmet. We're making sure that you have to have a Hans device. You have to have a fire suit. You have to have, at minimum, a true four-point harness. It can't be sawn in the sides. That way, if you flip over and somebody's got to get you out, you're not hung in that thing. Yep. we got to make sure that we got pass-through on our seats so those harnesses aren't sliding off of your shoulders, which could allow you to be ejected. And we're making sure that you got either window nets, wrist restraints, so all them body parts stay inside the car during a rollover. Yep. 
because that's a really real, uh, real aspect of this thing. We yeah. see many rollovers every race. Yeah. It's not just in hill climbing. It's it's just as it's just as more probably more brutal at sixty and seventy miles when you got off of the bank in the woods. Yeah, yeah, I can attest to that. I've been I've been I've spent I'm spending this year getting my car ready and getting it getting my driving my seat time down and everything. When you hit about fifty or forty and you hit a rut going in a curt like turning, it'll send you over real quick. It's not a place you want to be. Oh no, it's definitely not a place you want to be. And you know when it comes to the car, those things we're looking for is. Uh, a rule that a lot of people don't understand, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad to do this and give an explanation. Maybe people hear it. Is mm-hmm. we require a winch. The reason I require a winch is, man, if you're sitting there and you're in the middle of the course and it's a blind corner and somebody's come about to come on that thing, your car and you could possibly be hit multiple times before you're out of line of fire. Yep. And the only thing that might get you out of the way or over is a winch. Yep. Or you're blocking the course and people are about to start driving over your car, you're going to wish you had that winch. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> so we require a winch on all the cars, no matter what class it's in. And then we, we of course, we, re- we require you to have a minimum of one fire extinguisher. We prefer to one within your reach and then maybe one outside the car so someone has to run up and grab it. Um, you know, and, the, and those sort of things, a horn, so people can know when you're behind them, if you're trying to get around them, so you have a safe passing situation, if at all possible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a rear-facing light, so if it's dusty, you don't just slap run into somebody wide open. Yep. It's really just around the safety. Yep, yep. And, and all of these regulations and rules are posted on uh, the Pro Rock Racing uh, website, correct? That's correct. Uh, when you go on to www.prorockracing.com, you can click the menu tab and you'll see a racer's corner. And all the information that you need if you want to be a racer, whether it's rules, payouts, to get registered, uh, anything, classifications, it's all under the racer's corner tab. You can click on each thing individually. Uh, I feel like it's very user-friendly. We've had good feedback about it. And, of course, you can always shoot me an email. I get a lot of emails straight from the website. I'm happy to answer any and all of those that we get. Yep. Yeah, if it makes you, if it makes you feel good, uh, I, I build websites for a living, and I, I went on yours. Everything looks great. It's all it all it was easy to use. It was the same way I would build it if I was doing it. So it's good stuff. Well, great good. job. Next time I get ready to build one, I'll give you a shout. Yeah, please do. Come on. Well, I got a little little side business I run building websites for anybody else out there either. Um, awesome. But uh, so uh, what about the bouncers? You know, bouncers is kind of a it's kind of a whole different ball game because you're kind of in it. But uh, if somebody has a bouncer or, you know, a caged up car they, I want to say car they made, you know, like a homemade bouncer maybe or something like that, um, what are the requirements to come out and bounce? You know, it's pretty much going to be almost the same story. I do have a stipulation on tire size. I don't let anything race with a tire smaller than 37 inches. That makes sense. Just for the fact of we got to keep these things you know, of a decent size for the caliber of hills we run. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, you know, it's just a lot of, we used to do 39 inches. Uh, I think Southern Rock Racing still holds a 39-inch rule, if I'm not mistaken. Don't uh-huh. hold me to that. But uh, we dropped ours to 37 because we have seen a new breed of cars that are a little bit smaller, and they're trying to do some different stuff. And uh, in the spirits of that, I feel like there's not a huge jump from a 37 to 39. Yeah. And uh, so we, we made that change, but we do hold true to that. They either have to measure 37 when you have them mounted, or they have to say 37 on the side for manufacturer specifications. Gotcha. Outside of that one rule, it's pretty much wide open, again, except for safety regulations. Sure. You can sure. put 
anything and everything you want on there. Um, the biggest thing about bouncers you have to be careful with is you got to have a safely built chassis. Yep. We can't have broken bars, bent bars, broke welds, you know, things that are compromised because we know what they do with those things. And it's, <laughs> you know, we, we, we definitely look at it in survival, but even more so, yeah. if you've got a bent bar and a bouncer, i got to see where you went back in and supported it or cut it out or changed it. I just can't let you go with a head bar and put yourself at risk. Yeah, and, I mean, you know, common sense, folks. Common sense, you know. Why would you want to do that to yourself? That's that's what I never understand is, you know, if people cheap out all the time on parts and things like that, but when people want to cheap out on safety stuff, I mean, even, I mean, bouncers, like your chassis, like that's just, that's madness to me. That's just crazy. I don't know. I got to go to work on Monday, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've seen some pretty crazy stuff over the years, and, you know, there's there's been times when we've not been able to let a person or two race for yeah. different reasons, and. They may be mad at the moment, but I promise you their friends and family and even themselves are happy five years down the road when they've been able to spend time with their loved ones yeah. because they didn't make a bad decision or we didn't make a bad decision and allow them to do something that could have really risked their health. Yeah, I fully agree. I fully agree. Um, so I'm going to pick your brain for a few minutes about uh, about you know some hot topics in the, in the industry. Um, so big topic in bouncers is horsepower. Uh do you think that too much horsepower is a bad thing? Is there too much horsepower? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, you know, just my personal opinion is horsepower is not where it's at for me. Um, there's rigs out here that are super capable, that are finishing in the top three to five consistently, that are not making the most horsepower, that are putting their focus in suspension. Yes. And uh, I feel like suspension outweighs horsepower any day of the week. But more even than suspension, I think the biggest key to being a successful bouncer, uh, racer, and competitor is just making sure that everything you've got in the race. I think I think it's I think it's more about the game of how hard you can push without breaking those things or mm -hmm. having the best parts throughout the whole drive line. Yeah. If you can do that, you can always be a top five driver. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, and that's the, you know, to me, that's the whole mindset of slow and steady and, you know, check all your bolts before you get there type situation. That'll get you done. Yeah, you can't be Wes Keen. You know, Wes Keen <laughs> likes to run with about one lug nut. Yeah. And uh, he'll put about half of an axle shaft in and he yeah. duct tapes a lot of his stuff. And uh, it's a miracle that he even climbs all the hills that he climbs because that dude is absolutely nuts. But, man, he sure is fun to watch and he's I one of my favorite racers of all time. I've said it to a couple people already who I've been interviewing, but. Uh, I reached out to him and he said he's not much for talking. Uh, you got to get you got to get a hold of him. Get him on the show. If you want to come on with him, then feel free. But I just got to get him on here, man. I, I I'm a big fan of his because he is a wild man for sure. Well I, well, I will tell you this. I called Wes King last night and I said, "Hey, man, saw you hadn't signed up yet. I know you never signed up. Are you coming <laughs> to Winrock?" He said, "Yeah, I gotta go." Oh, that's nice. about the extent of a conversation. He uh, nice. he's not a talker, and he means it. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's awesome. Well, maybe I can. Uh, I've been tossing around the idea of getting a couple of y'all in the same room. Maybe one night at a race, or after a race, or one you know one weekend that everybody's off. Uh, getting everybody in the same room, and let's just all have a good hee haw and talk about everything. Well, um, I'll tell you, you know, Wes won uh, race riches, and uh, <laughs> it won a brand new players racer. Yeah, you know, everybody's pumped up, and running around like crazy, and come time for Wes to give a speech, I said, hey man, you got anybody you want to thank? And he looked at me, handed me my back, and he said, uh, can you can you do it for me? I'm like, man, you just won my biggest race of the year. Oh, he said, okay. 
like you think about two people and he's like, yeah, I'm, I don't want to do this. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, that's good to know. That's good to know. Maybe. He, like he's a psycho. Yeah, we'll, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. Um, so I want to ask you now, uh, UTVs. You know, you obviously have, in my opinion, the biggest, you know, different, you have a huge number of UTVs that come out. Um, In terms of hill killing and the Bounty Hills, uh, what what makes a successful UTV? Is is it all driver or is there something about a well-designed chassis that does it? What what do you think makes the UTV work? You know, um, I think there's some key components that that are really really important to UTV. Um, the thing that we see broke the most is drive shaft, shafts, front diffs, and axles, and suspension parts. And I'll just tell you right now, I can tell you for each one of those companies, we partner with every one of those companies. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they're the best in their categories. We L&W suspension, I feel like, is absolutely killing it. They, they have the best suspension out right now, um, no matter what you're riding on. They're, they're I don't live far from them, and I go to their shop, and it's blow, it's blowing my mind what they're about to release and what y'all don't even know is behind the curtain mm-hmm. is absolutely insane. Uh, then you go to your drive line, and you think, man, you see a lot of broken drive shafts, and we got KB3. Yeah. Um, most of these racers are running KB3. He supports the racing program at a high level. Kenny Bell's absolutely an amazing, fun dude. If you don't know him, I encourage you to, to reach out to him. With uh, with Kenny, he's he's just, just he's a hoot. He really is. Uh, and then axles, you know, you see a lot of axle failures to be the first key component that fails. Mm-hmm. And that, that front right or that back left, I'm telling you, it's usually the one that you, you ain't gonna finish the hill. You break an axle and you're pretty much done. Yeah. We partner with RCV Performance, strongest axle on the planet, and they say it for a reason. It ain't no joke. I mean, those guys, they, they've changed up gears and how they do things, and they've developed new axles and. Now they've got warranty programs, which they weren't doing before, which is huge from a customer standpoint. You yeah. know, you, you, a lot of people are buying these products and they have faith in the products. And then even if that faith somehow didn't get you through, they still got your back. And I mean, that's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It sure then, is. Man. You know, from the front diff problems, we partnered with a company and I didn't know them hardly from nowhere. I just happened to cross paths with Cora Joinkin. And I'm telling you, those guys at Torque Masters Industries is amazing. Yeah. They build some really, really nice custom stuff, and they build production spool systems. And They got full spools, half spools. I don't even know what they call all these spools, but yeah. you can pretty much get any setup you desire. And uh, the guys that I know that race for me running Torque stuff, man, they're like, man, it's hands down the answer. Yeah. When we put that in there, we know that we're not going to lose a front diff. And when you lose a front diff, you're not going to climb these hills that we climb. Because we climb the same hills with UTVs that I run the bouncers. Yeah. I don't change them. We hit the same that's, hills. That's, first off, that's nuts in itself. But before you before we get, we lose it, um, that's a big thing that I kept in mind is, you know, only part I've really ever trashed real bad was um, front diffs. I broke three or four of them. And um, over the time, that's come and gone. And... Uh, I reached out to Cora and basically was just like, hey, I want to get you on the show because I know who runs your parts. I know what they have to say about them. And I personally want to know more. So we did an episode with them and just talked, you know, what's different? Why do diffs break? You know, we went through the whole nine yards. And again, from uh, with an engineering background that I have, um, it's it's wonderful. It's uh, perfectly engineered and it's awesome. And it's a it's a fix. If you're if your goal is to climb hills, go straight 
and, and get it done and not ever have to worry about your diff again, I couldn't agree more with you. Torque Masters is awesome, for sure. I, I, you're dead on with it, man, and it's uh, the proof's in the pudding, man. Yeah. It's out there. You can ask anybody. Those guys gladly put those stickers on their things. They're normally the biggest stickers on there because, yeah. dude, I'm here to tell you, every penny spent on a Torque product or any of those, RCV, L&W, all of them, they all got back warranties on those things. These guys engineer the living daylights out of them. You know you're buying with confidence when you buy those products. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so one thing I want to mention too is, uh, so how do you guys structure a race weekend? You know, like uh, Friday, Saturday, you know, I'm assuming y'all don't race on Sundays, but, um, you know, how does that whole weekend go for you in terms of the endurance race, the hill race, you know, like how, how does that, what would be a normal schedule? So basically for us, what we've been doing uh, all of last season except for one race and then all of this season is we pretty much start setting everything up on Wednesday evening um, and then throughout the day on Thursday we'll have it set up. And if, and if people and spectators want to start coming in on Thursday, that's normally allowed at all parks. Uh, but the, the action really don't start till Friday. We normally allow pre-running to be done. You know, We'll already have the course map for all of our survival guys and they're welcome to come out and enjoy the course and take notes and go map it for themselves and see what that's all about and then we normally start qualifying between 12 and 7 p.m and uh, we allow everybody to come out and get qualified for the survival race and you know the, the hill climbing guys have already come in by this point and they're checking out the hills and vendors are set up just like they are here at Winrod. we have probably eight to ten vendors already set up on site with that's big awesome. spreads and everybody's just hanging out and enjoying it like tonight everybody's in between the campers, you know, conversing, having a good time, just like family should when we're out here. And uh, that's pretty much Thursday night. And then, you know, running into Friday, the same thing, still hanging out. And then Saturday morning is when it really gets hectic. Yeah. So Saturday morning, we normally have our survival drivers meeting for UTVs as early as 7 a.m. Yeah. We try to come off the line with our first race at 8 a.m. Yeah, buddy. And we run UTVs. And then we turn around and run our unlimited classes, and that normally lasts us until about lunch. We take a short break as we transition our tracks from survival into the hill climbing. We set up all of our hill climbing timers, have everything ready, and have another driver's meeting. And we normally get going on the hill sometime between 1 and 1.30 p.m., and that'll run for usually, you know, on the low side, four hours on the long side. It'll run us up till right at dark, 7 to 8. Mm -hmm. um, I think this weekend, I think... I think we're going to be on track. We'll probably start between 1 and 1.30, and I think they'll be able to knock this thing out by 6.30. And yeah. We'll have an award ceremony around 7.30 or 8, tentatively, and uh, pretty much after that, everybody's just hanging out and having a good time and enjoying the rest of the night together. So i got to ask, what's the trick to doing it all in one day? Because I, I'm I will tell you, that's, that is the secret to this thing because – I don't know anybody else who's pulling it off right now. <laughs> right. and Well, I mean, okay, here it is. I mean, call it what it is. I'm a big fan, and when I'm sitting at work on Friday, and I, uh, you know, a YouTube alert comes across my phone, and they're doing uh, UTV races, I'm like, well, I guess I don't, well, I don't, you know, I, I don't just want to see bouncers. I want to see UTV as well. I want to see the endurance race as well. And, and you know, if, if like, if it's all on one day, I'm going to get there at 6 o'clock in the morning, and I'm going to be there. I'm going to watch them qualify. I'm going to do it all in one day, and I'm going to leave at midnight. You know, but I can't 
go on a Friday and leave work and stay the night and then do that again, you know, I'm lucky to get away from a Saturday, you know, without feeling bad about not you know, spending time with my family. You know what? I think you hit the nail on the head with my thought process when laying this out. At the end of the 2017 season, and I looked at everybody and said, guys, for 2018, we're going to make this step that we've been grumbling and talking about. We're going to move into endurance racing. And everybody's like, yeah, that's going to be awesome. That's going to be awesome. I was like, well, just wait for a minute. We're going to do it all in one day. And everybody's like, oh, I hate you. I'm yeah. not going to do this. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but the reason I did it was for what you just said. Um, I think that there's a lot of people who can't take enough time off to join us at all the races on a Friday. Mm-hmm. But I think they'll, they'll go extra effort to make it all-day Saturday event. Yeah, or come in late Friday night. There's people that will come sleep in their cars or – you know, just drive through the night and spend the whole day and be dog tired, just enjoy the whole day. And we feel like we can pack all that racing in and just make it a blowout day. And I think we've been successful with that. Now, there's times as a staff, we're tired and we're beat down. But I tell you, um, I feel like I feel like the spectators are happier with the one-day stuff. Yeah. I feel like it doesn't put a sideshow feel to any of our UTV classes, but they're part of the big show on the bigger day. Yeah. Uh, which was important to me as a UTV racer myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I feel like we have been successful with that. Is it easy? No. I could come out here and I could cruise through two days of racing with my eyes closed. Yeah, That would be no problem. We could do that any day we wanted to. But the, but the easy road isn't what spectators demanded and asked for. And when I say they demanded that for I sent out a survey and about 500 people filled these surveys out in 2017 and the survey pretty much told me 89% of the people rather do all the racing and see it on Saturday. Yeah. First you know, off, you know, just ha- hats off to you for taking the time to do a legitimate survey and get legitimate answers from the drivers. Something I hear never on the podcast, because I always talk to my drivers afterwards, is uh, they want to be heard. And I tell everybody before they get on the podcast, I'm like, hey, listen, you know, you don't have to step on anybody's toes, but this is your opportunity to be heard because everybody that needs to be listening is listening. And, uh, you know, it's a good time to talk if you want to talk. I just I just kind of leave it there. Yeah, for sure. I so, mean, listen, I put that survey out there and I ask questions that I really want to know the answers to. And I just ask questions for fun, just wondering what people thought. I'll tell you, man, I was way off on some expectations on that thing. Way well, off. And well, there was some I was dead on. But uh, I think we took the best of that, and uh, we sat down with the T team with Trip Pullen and David Uptain and my wife and several others that I that I really lean close to. And some of the top racers that I have as advisors on what their opinion is that I really respect them from successful business people to people that's been in the industry way longer than me and people like Greg Mulkey with Raceline Wheels that's been in this thing since before I was born. No shot at Greg. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, we really just tried to make it the best we could with all the information we had and pulling those insights together. And I guess that comes from part of my background in the corporate world is just trying to make that the best that we can and to fill as many seats as we can with who's the, who's the happiest here and let's find that medium. And uh, I feel like we've had some success with it. There's always room for improvement. Though. Right, right. But, I mean, still, again, I mean, you know, you sound like you listen to the show. I think that uh, – you know, anyone that listens to it will tell you that there every, everything I hear about what you guys have going on from the driver's side is positive. Um, everybody's having a good time, and um, I think the term "a fresher breath air" has been used a couple times, so I, I, I appreciate that. And 
as a fan, and I know the drivers appreciate it too. Well, you know, and uh, like I said, we, we live and breathe to, to be pleasing people. Um, I try not to get too caught up in the world and what people think, but the, the truth is, is man, I, I really, really interested in what people think. And, yeah. You know, sometimes that can hurt my feelings, but <laughs> a lot of times it's encouraging. But yeah. you know what? That balance is needed because if you only hear the good stuff, you'll never get better at the bad stuff. Yep, you're exactly right, man. You are exactly right. And uh, trust me, we get some feedback from the podcast too. <laughs> oh, it's good. Every single time. Oh, yeah. it, it's always some, good. <laughs> some of the most random things I get, uh, I get some really critical um critical stuff some stuff you wouldn't believe that'll really crack you up i yeah. get really tore down by, by random fans and uh you know it's fun it's you don't ever know what to expect i open each message on facebook already with a smile because i don't know what's coming yeah yeah you're exactly right you're exactly right um so that kind of leads me to to the future that's kind of what i want to talk about you know to kind of wrap things up here is what do you you know it's so funny is i'm sitting on facebook and I just saw that Pro Rock Racing was live about 50 minutes ago, and we've been on the phone for a while. And I just saw a nice little video of you sitting in a chair in the, in the field. <laughs> that's pretty funny right there. Uh, I told you, I was sitting in the field. Yeah, no, that's hilarious. Uh, but uh, what, what, what's on the docket? What's in the future of Pro Rock? Because you have all this momentum. Uh, you have the momentum in the Endurance Series, and you have this, you know, the the original roots of the rock bouncing, of the rock racing. You've got it all. What's the future for you? What what comes next? I, I pretty much think that we're going to get into Formula One racing. Woo! Yes, and we're probably just going to take over the, you know, the South <laughs> American market. Oh, I, I like guess. it. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I think what comes <laughs> next for us... Um, is a transition into an even deeper, harder, longer endurance. Yes. Um, and when, when I say that, there's already things in work. I don't want to give away too many teasers. Yeah, but, you don't uh, have to. I'm, I'm going for that bigger, harder, more prestigious title. Um, and, and when I say I'm going for it, I'm, I'm, I'm going out there to try to be the, the biggest, baddest thing in the future. Um, I don't know how fast I'm going to be able to approach some of these things, but mm-hmm. we've got some things in works, working with some some very serious partners and working with some of the most coolest places I've ever been. And if, if y'all been following me around the country, just I, I don't post a whole lot on my personal page, and I don't post a ton on Pro Rock. I try to keep a little bit of secrets, but those that do follow closely or pay attention, I've, I've been going and visiting parks for the past few weeks. We've been flying around the country pretty hard and heavy, and uh, we've got some stuff that's that, that, that i'm super excited about i'm not ready to talk about we can talk about it when it gets a little closer i'll make sure that me and you can get back together on it but we've got some stuff that's going to get really crazy soon well i'm excited and this will be the first place you know first place let it go is is, is uh is on the podcast for sure um but you know that being said it is encouraging um one thing i did want to ask about the endurance racing is you know how do you decide how long the race is going to be and how do you decide you know you know do you you have you want to do four or five climbs you know three or four straight sections how do you kind of build that course i tell you you know a lot of it depends on the park okay you know when we go out and what the park has to offer i I try to play up on their strengths as Mm -hmm. much as i can and hide any weaknesses that we find. So if I go to a park and say, I'll give you, for example, Wildcat, Mm -hmm. there's not a whole lot of stuff out there that was really technical that I could make 
there's really no rocks I could put in it, and there wasn't really anything. It was a hard climb. Yeah. But you know what they had? They had some of the best scenery you've ever seen with some of the most wicked, wild, fast trails. So I said, you know what? If that's what their strong suit is, we're going to take it, and we're going to maximize it. We're going to take that strength, and we're just going to flood everybody with it. You know what? These dudes raced through places called Jurassic Park that looked like you was Man. living in prehistoric time inside of caves yeah. around the edges of gorges and they had some good fast I'm talking bumper to bumper racing we threw some stuff at them that around the finish line it was fun they were jumping over ditches and coming over big rocks and launching it and uh, you know we just maximized what we had to offer yeah. and then we go other places like Rush and they have such a variety. We sent them up rocks. We sent them through mud. We drove them across creeks. And we put them in tight spots. We put them in wide open roads. You could get three wide. And, and, and like I said, when they have everything, we made sure we use everything. Yeah. Um, there's no rhyme or reason to what we do. I, what I really do is I just want to go out there and use the most and the best of what I can find. Ride to that race course. And I have a good time myself. And I'm like, man, you know what? This course is ready. Yeah, I like that. When I can go through it and feel fulfilled, I know we're ready. I like that. I like that. Uh, and that's, you know, I, I, I wish sometimes that we did like Skype on these. Because, man, as someone who wants to participate in the league and is just a fan who, who really, again, feels like I can come out there and be a part of this, um, that's huge. That's encouraging because I know if I'm going to make a four, five, six, seven, eight-hour drive to a park to be in one of your races, I know I'm going to go out there, I'm going to get my money's worth, I'm going to get my time's worth, and it's going to be a great experience because I'm going to get to see, you know, my machine willing that uh, I'll get to see everything that that park has to offer, and I can put that park in my pocket and come back sometime, you know, another day. You know what, and that's that's the goal. We want y'all to come out and race and feel. And even the spectators, when the race is over, we leave things marked. So you can go see what they did. Get out there on that trail and see what it's like. See if it's for you. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. important. You know, I, I would say that 50% of all our racers came out of the spectator field from the year before. And they say, you know what, this time next year, I'm going to race at this race. There's people here signed up at Winrock today. There's a gentleman here. I just met him. He said, last year. I came to this race, and I watched this race, and I went home, and I've been working for one year, and we're, here we are to the exact weekend of one year, and yeah. I'm ready to race. Man, that's, that's, that's awesome. That's, that's, a, that's a story. Yeah. That's 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 incredible, man. That, that'll make the world go around right there. That's right. That's awesome, man. Uh, well, I mean, that's that's going to push us at about, a little, about an hour and a half or so. Um, I know you have, obviously, it's Thursday night, the night before you guys do qualifying, um, you got a big, big things going on tonight and tomorrow. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about or mention or, or kind of gloss over while we got the chance? You know, the, the biggest thing that, that I want to talk about is these guys that build these racer pages and these companies who are building these products and pushing the limits and moving the sport forward. If you're listening to this podcast, podcast, sorry, I got something on my mouth. No, you're good. Take five seconds. It don't even take five, take two seconds and click those shares and those like buttons and really help these guys get their message out if they're a race team and if they're a company. Share that product, whether you own that product, whether you'll ever buy that product, just share those guys because I promise you, if you took time to meet people and know the story behind the products and, and the engineering and the time and these race teams and and the enthusiasm that they have and what racing means to them, it's worth clicking those buttons and making sure that those guys' messages spread. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely, man. A like, a share, a repost, all that stuff goes a long way. It really, really does. And, you know, it's uh, it means a lot to them, man. Those guys go, man, you know, you see my race page? It's, it's getting there. And, you know, that it, 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 it's encouraging. And if you didn't like their stuff, you didn't share their stuff, and nobody supported them, man, they'll just quit. Yeah. And one guy quits. He's like, well, you know, my buddy quit, so now I got to quit. Nobody's doing this anymore. The next thing you know, the sport could really fall off. Yeah. But luckily, everybody's been a family, and this thing's growing. It's going the right direction. And, and I think that we're going to continue to grow for many, many years, that we're just on the very edge of what this thing's about to become. And, uh, you know, every, and every little thing counts. Joey, that's, uh, that's encouraging. That's super encouraging for the future. Um, and again, as someone who's going to be a part of it soon, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Uh, is there anybody else? I know you mentioned a couple people that support the league. Um, anyone else you want to give a shout out to? Man, you know, I, I could go down through this whole list, but <laughs> I, if y'all have time, anybody who's listening, if you get on that Pro Rock page, I have hyperlinks and I have classifications for each marketing partner we have. And you can go look at their products, check out their pages, see who support us. You know, without a doubt, our big dogs and our platinum sponsors, um, they go above and beyond. But we have a lot of those mid-level guys who are small business owners that are maybe just getting things going uh, that we're super excited about. Um, guys, all I can tell you is get on there and click on every one of them, look at it. If you need something, buy from those guys first. As a favor to me, if you like me, if you don't like me, buy them just because I just told you to. You're gonna do it. <laughs> but I'm here to tell you, um, that's that's what what I really want to focus on is these guys put a lot in just to make sure that we're able to do this for all these racers. And uh, I, I feel like these guys they get their money's worth, and I always feel like if I could do anything more or do anything better, that I could push those guys harder and make sure that that they never give up on us. And, and I've never had anybody quit us, never. And I've mm -hmm. never had anybody be nothing but positive. And I wanted to always stay that way. And, and these these marketing partners, man, some of these guys, they're like, I, I don't know much about what you're doing, but I, I heard a good message about it, or I have these racers that are racing with you, or I have friends that came and saw the show, and we just want to be a part of it. And man, that's just crazy to me, and I'm just so thankful and so blessed to have those relationships and those doors open, and I just I want to keep those doors open, and I encourage you guys to partner with people like that who are positive, to support things that you enjoy, and that's the only way to keep it alive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man, preach. That's good stuff right there. That's such good stuff. Um, anything else you want to get out before we close out here? Man, you know, all I got to say is, Thank God for everything that he's allowed us to do. Um, RPM Ministries is something we do. I try not to impose on anybody's mm -hmm. beliefs or anything that they do, but we pray at every event. We have a service at the intermission and lunch at every event. We get to share a message of Jesus with thousands of people. I'm passionate about it. You know, even if you see me at a moment where I'm not shining like I should be, <laughs> I want you to know that if anybody out there is listening to this and you ever need anything or need prayer, or just want to ask a question about it, or you want to argue about it, we can call. You can call me. You can call Taylor Pickett. You can call anybody of RPM Ministries. Uh, we're more than happy to talk to you about it. And uh, I think a big part of our success is uh, being able to give that ten percent of our show and that small portion of our life to Jesus. 
and uh, he's got our back, and he's kept everybody safe for many, many years. Man, that is uh, just adds fuel to the to the fire of of, of wanting to support you. Um, the Lord's been good to us all, and it's awesome to see when people you know kind of throw that glory back to Him. That's so good, uh, man. So good. I think that's a good note to end it on for me. If it I is too. Yeah, it is. If you don't mind, stay on for just a minute. But uh, Joey, it's been a pleasure to have you on today, and I'm looking forward to seeing you at the next race. All right, buddy. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to the show. Today's show is brought to you by Pack Racing Springs at racingsprings.com. No suspension kit is complete without upgraded sway bars. If you've made the move to upgrade to a spring kit that is quality with the correct tenders, the correct crossover rings, and everything like that, the last missing piece to your ride is an upgraded sway bar. They have two series of sway bars right now. They have the Trail Walk and the Schroeder sway bar. Um, again, if you're looking to fine-tune everything and just get everything running the way you want it to, this is where you find it. You find it in those high-end quality parts, and those parts extend to sway bars. Um, again, I'll, I'm just going to pimp it out all the way because, man, do I love it. My UTV spring kit came with all eight springs, four tenders, four lower springs, crossover rings, sliders, the whole nine yards, everything I needed. Um, and they offer those kits for Polaris, Can-Am, Yamaha, and everything else you can think of. And if you're not sure if you need a lightweight, a standard weight, a heavyweight uh, spring kit, just call them, talk to them, and just kind of let them know what kind of riding you like to do. And they'll go through the entire process with you, and they'll get everything nailed down. Absolutely perfect. I have nothing but good things to say about Pack Racing Springs, and I'm so glad that they're on board as a sponsor. Uh, another company I want to talk about is Infinite Off-Road. Again, their 25-year you-break-it-they-fix-it warranty for all lighting. That includes rock lights, whips, pods, mirrors, wheel rings for your truck, everything you can think of, full-size, UTV, buggies, and everything, boats. They do it all, and I really, really am proud to have them on board because not only are they a great company, but uh, their owner has I was one of the first people to ever buy from him back in 2013, and Mike's been an excellent person to do business with, and I will continue to do business with Mike for the entirety of my off-road career. All Things UTV also steps up all the time, customer service-wise. Man, I've seen them ship parts out on demand uh, overnight and get people who are in tough situations completely taken care of. So I have nothing but positive things to say about Dustin Robbins and his team over there. Quality parts at blowout prices, whether that's tires and wheels, suspension components, axles, harnesses, everything you could ever imagine is available at allthingsutv.com. And again, thank you guys for listening to the show. It means more to me than you guys know. And uh, as always, give us a share, give us a like, do whatever you can to help spread the word. And we appreciate it. Have a good one.